From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Jackie Bliss, the Chief Customer Officer of Vicinity Energy. Jackie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Let's begin. You're a founding member of the Boston chapter of the Women's Energy Network. The mission of WEN is to provide networking opportunities and foster the career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industries. From that experience, what is your current assessment of women's leadership in the energy and utility sector? And what are some innovative steps Vicinity Energy has taken to address these challenges? Thank you, Abby. That's a really um, important question. So over the last 10 years or so, I've seen more and more women gravitate towards STEM careers and especially careers in the energy space. Um, I think the industry itself is becoming more welcoming. Employers um, across the board, not just in the energy space, but are seeing the value in diversity and being much more deliberate and proactive about diversifying their workforce. And there are so many more women now that are in higher ranks in, in organizations and within our industry, more so than ever before. And these women are, 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 are serving as role models for young people uh, to aspire to. So generally speaking, you know, I've been really encouraged by the progress that we've made in diversifying our ranks within the industry, um, especially when it comes to having more women, um, women being part of it. I, and I think that WEN and other groups have really been instrumental in encouraging more women to not only join these STEM careers or the energy space, but to stay. WEN, for me, has provided so many opportunities for my own personal growth, um, but also just a space to share, to learn, to grow together, to understand the industry within we work more explicitly. And in fact, when Boston is actually the reason that I am sitting in my very seat today. So it was through when that I was introduced to Bill DeCros, who's the CEO of Vicinity Energy, and John Gibson, who is the chief operating officer of Vicinity Energy, because I was asked to speak at an event and both of them were in attendance. So I got to meet them and was introduced to them. And then about a year later, I, under, I um, was informed by two other members of the WEN board that Vicinity was looking for um, somebody to lead their customer organization. And they put me in a position um, to, um, to interview for the job. So um, I am so grateful for organizations like WEN who uh, have helped me in my own career. Uh, but there are countless stories like mine, not only in the Boston chapter of the Women's Energy Network, but you know, for, for lots of other chapters and other organizations around the country that are really focused on getting more women in STEM careers and supporting women to advance uh, professionally. And also just positioning each other and championing each other for more. Uh, so that's been really inspirational to be a part of. Um, recently within WEN Boston, we established an executive advisory board, which I'm now a member of. And so now we're working on programming for women in higher positions because our challenges tend to be unique. Um, and we decided to form this group because there's a gap. 
there was no local Boston-based community that would enable us to come together and share experiences that, I, like I said, are, are unique to the people that we're sitting across the table from. Um, and this group of women is pretty impressive. I am definitely humbled to be sitting with them um, as part of this board. They're leading multinational energy organizations. They are energy entrepreneurs. They're chief executive officers of energy companies, um, and they are leading the way and paving the path for others to follow. In its 2021 report, the American Society of Civil Engineers gave American infrastructure a C-. In other words, the country's infrastructure does not comply with some security standards and presents a deterrence to overall economic performance. What are some of the most pressing infrastructural needs in the utility sector today, and what are some creative ways you're addressing those challenges? Yes, I did see that report, and it was definitely sobering. Uh, the utility sector itself certainly faces some very serious infrastructure challenges that we need to address immediately, especially if we want to achieve our uh, decarbonization targets and to mitigate the impacts of climate change. Uh, we need new transmission. We need new substations. We need grid resiliency. And at the same time, we also need innovation and we need to lean in to new technologies and we need to do all of this now. In the vicinity, we think about this each and every day. Our technical team has efficiency projects underway with respect to not only energy, but the waste, the water and waste that we use as well. Our operations team is, of course, focused on reinforcing our infrastructure. Um, so that we can continue to reliably supply thermal energy for decades to come. But what's equally as important as addressing these infrastructure challenges is doing it in a way that is looking towards the future. Um, we have to consider ways to, um, to continue to decarbonize. And at Vicinity, we've embraced this as a core value. Our customers are demanding greener products. Uh, it's a business imperative, and it's also the right thing for us to do for our communities. So for us, you know, the backbone of our decarbonization plan is investing in our infrastructure and electrifying it and our operations so that we can eliminate our reliance on fossil fuels entirely. Our plan, and we're executing on that plan as we speak, is to install this electric infrastructure and procure green renewable electrons from the grid that we can then use to generate the thermal energy that we distribute to our customers. So, you know, we have a lot to do to address our infrastructure challenges in this country, um, and, and it is daunting. Uh, but I think that we not only need to address those infrastructure challenges thinking about today and thinking about reliability and safety concerns that we have in the moment, but ensuring that they position us for the future and the demands that um, not only our customers have, but also our planet has both for today and tomorrow. Nationwide, we are moving towards a greener future. What are some innovative ways Vicinity Energy is helping push towards decarbonization? And why will district energy be crucial to this transition? Yeah, put simply, we're doing a lot. Um, our mission, our core mission, is to become the national leader in urban decarbonization. And to really demonstrate that district energy is a critical tool to help us decarbonize not only quickly, 
but also reliably and affordably. Um, and we've seen cities all over the world, especially in Europe and in Canada, leveraging district energy systems to reduce their emissions. And we really need to do the same here in the US. Um, unfortunately, we are spending a lot of time and care really educating people about what district energy is. Most people have no idea that it exists or that it's underneath their feet in many cities around the country. Um, and for those of you who don't know what it is, quick primer, district energy is really a, a, just an efficient way to distribute thermal energy uh, in the form of steam, chilled water to densely populated urban buildings. So we generate this energy centrally, and then we use our pipes under the ground to bring it to hundreds of millions of square feet um, in 19 districts across the country. And so there, there, I think there are really two reasons, um, main reasons, there are lots of, of benefits of district energy, but two main reasons why district energy is so crucial to our energy transition. Uh, the first is that urban buildings make up a huge amount of our carbon emissions for our cities. In some cases, it's over 75% of the carbon comes from urban, uh, in the city comes from those, those commercial buildings. And we have really no way to quickly and affordably retrofit all of those buildings with new green technology in order to meet our targets anytime soon. I mean, the task is nearly impossible. So for buildings connected to the district energy loop, we make all the investments at our central plant and our customers immediately get the benefit. We can electrify our operations, procure green electrons, and the steam they get is carbon-free and renewable. And there are no investments required at the building level. So it's a really quick and affordable way for us to touch lots and lots of space quickly, which is exactly what we need to do to, achieve, to address this challenge. And then second is that district energy is fuel agnostic. We have transitioned over the decades from fuel to fuel, getting greener every time. We've transitioned from coal to oil to natural gas. And now we're uh, many of our districts is using cogeneration, which essentially is just the simultaneous production of electricity and waste heat at the same time. And we capture that waste heat and use it to um, provide energy, thermal energy to our customers. And now it's just embarking on the next transition um, to renewables. And we've done it countless times before. And the flexibility of district energy is so, so, so powerful. Um, so essentially, in a nutshell, um, district energy is a great way to decarbonize very tough to, de to, uh, to touch urban environments uh, where we've got lots of concentrated buildings that will require a lot of investment. We remove all that headache so our customers can focus on their core business. Wonderful. And as we round out today's discussion, what are some unique ways that you're fostering creative thinking across your organization now and into the future? Yeah. I love this question. Uh, to me, the most creative thinking happens when you have diversity of thought. Uh, diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, and diversity of experience all contributing to the discussion. Uh, you know, we talked a little earlier about increasing the diversity of our ranks here at Vicinity, proactively hiring more women into our organization, and really thinking hard about being uh, very deliberate uh, about um, increasing the diversity of our team. Um, but in addition to that, uh, we also need and have been very uh, engaged and opening ourselves up to dialogue in more ways than I think we ever have before. Um, we're engaging with stakeholders 
across our communities, from political leaders who represent our communities to neighborhoods who live and who surround our central plants, um, to advocacy and environmental groups, local business leaders, other stakeholders who really have a vested interest in the future of the cities we serve. And in each and every one of these conversations, we are afforded new perspective that allows us as a company to think bigger, to think bolder about how we can and should be part of the solution. Um, not only you know because it's the right thing to do, but also because our customers and our communities are are looking for are looking for options. Um, and to me, it's really unfortunate how so much of our dialogue today in the U.S. across the country has become so polarized. Uh, and this, I think, is the worst thing for creative thinking, uh, for people of a certain mindset to talk amongst themselves. And um, and so what we're doing is we're opening our doors and our ears. Uh, we all have to work together, each and every one of us, uh, in public and private partnership uh, to identify what are the most important and innovative and creative ideas we can to solve one of, if not the most important challenges of our time, which is climate change. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.